0: talk to you about true wisdom. Many of you come in, uh, especially if you're not a Christian and you came in or maybe you're a new Christian and you always have questions. Uh, We all have questions. We have questions to God so many times. Anybody ever had a question for God? Why this happens in my life? Why that happens in my life? And we need God to speak to us. Now, when we're talking about true wisdom, in the world we have today, anybody ever heard the, ter- the term fake news? Anybody? All right. That's, that's like the term of the last two or three years, fake news, right? And you don't know what to believe. You don't know uh, if you're on this end of the spectrum, if you believe that. If you're on this end of the spectrum, do you believe that? And we've created a generation and a time frame that's very confusing, would you agree with that? There's a marked level of confusion. People are confused about who they are. They're confused about where they're going. They're confused about what to believe. Who do we believe? And one of the things we have a tendency to do, especially in this society, Americans, we can be very sarcastic. We start finding fault in so many different people. And we have, we've placed this level of expectation on everyone, from politicians to celebrities to ourselves, to those around us, to teachers, that they need to meet this level. And if they're just shy, by one point, if they're just shy, it's fake news. They don't know what they're talking about. They didn't measure up. But you know, God always measures up. He never falls short. In the Bible, there's a book called Proverbs. Anybody ever heard of that book? And in that book called Proverbs, we take that word, it's usually a short phrase, and and it's full of wisdom, that book. And it was written by a man named Solomon, who throughout most of history, especially if you believe in the Bible, he was the wisest man to ever live. Why he asked God, God asked Solomon, what do you want? Now, if God asked you that same question, I'll give you anything you want, just ask, Many of us would probably run to a lot of other things than wisdom. Now, if you're a Christian, you would say wisdom only because you're following Solomon's example. If it was me, I'd be like money because I just think money solves all the problems. That's probably why God does not let me have it. All right. So I'm just to be honest with you. He keeps me poor for a reason. Praise the Lord. But you can, listen, even in Jesus, you can be happy with poverty. All right. He takes care of me. The first scripture I want to go to. So we're going to go to the Bible. We're a Christian church, right? So we're going to go to the Bible. And if you came in here, I don't want you to hear from me. I want you to hear what God has to say. So we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1. The first four books really takes the time to talk about wisdom. And Solomon, uh, he didn't write all of Proverbs, but he wrote this. And he wrote it as if he was writing to his children. Well, guess what? We're coming after him, so in, in essence you can say that we're like his children. And the verse that strikes me the most and starts us off on this journey of finding true wisdom is Proverbs 1.7. It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, God inspired the Bible. He inspired those to write the Bible. And Solomon starts off by telling you where you can find this wisdom. And you're a fool if you think you're going to find it anywhere else. And the fear of the Lord that he's talking about, just so you know, is not a fear. Some of us have developed an unhealthy fear of God. We fear him because we don't follow what we feel are all of his rules and because we don't follow him, we think that God is going to just punish us. We think a lot of the bad things that are happening in life are, be- are our fault because we're not following God. Anybody ever felt that way? Well, I must be going through this because I disobeyed God. You don't understand the God that loves you. You don't understand why he died for you. you, you, you we're looking in a humanistic view of God. Is, it's like a, he's the judge waiting to judge you. But God loves you so much. That he gives you free choice. And most of the things we're dealing with is because of a choice we made. And I would tell you the choice that we made was probably out of a foolish understanding or our own wisdom. Now I want to take a minute. There's no no shame in reading a little extra bit of the Bible. I don't have to read one verse. But I want to talk about in chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1. And we're going to read 11 verses. I'm going to read it and I want you to read along. My child, so he's talking about to us. Listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Many of us are living in a depressed state. We're actually going to have a panel coming up soon talking about depression. Many of us are sad. We lack joy. But when you find wisdom, God's wisdom, He begins to change those things in your heart. He begins to give you the joy. There's a freedom that comes into your heart to begin to discuss the things. The wisdom of the world will tell you to do X, Y, and Z. And you'll find out very quickly it's empty. It's an empty wisdom. It will leave you longing for more. It will leave you depressed. But Christ, which is the wisdom of God will not leave you that way. When you truly find truth and you find it in Christ, he will leave you full and satisfied. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it'll be overflowing. It'll be an overabundance of joy. It'll be an overflowing of joy. Now, I want to read something in Corinthians. Because God's wisdom, and we could take a long time to talk about it, but I I specifically want to talk to those of you that are here. You've come in. And it doesn't matter what your position is at your job. You could be a corporate executive. You could be a teacher. You could have used so many gifts and talents that God gave you, by the way. You studied, and you've worked up a path. You've gotten to a place where you feel pretty confident about yourself. But let me tell you, I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony. That can leave you just as empty. It can leave you just as the person who you may feel you're better than a homeless person. You feel they don't have much. I have all of these things. They don't have much. You're judging by the wrong yardstick. God's wisdom says you're just like that person. Because we all get to a point. We need God. We need God. But it's not just a, a, that term God. We need Jesus Christ. Paul in the New Testament which is, uh, was written after Christ died on the cross for us, Paul, one of the apostles, one of his followers, wrote a letter to a church in Corinth. And he was explaining to this church, like I have the humble opportunity to explain to you today, where the true wisdom of God is found. Do you mind if I read his letter to the church in Corinth? Do you mind if I read that to the church in Times Square in New York City? He talks about the wisdom of God. And I want you to hear me out with this. So give me your good ear. No texting, all right? The message of the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, and he quotes the Old Testament, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Now, God's not saying that he's against intelligence. God never expected us to be foolish or to be unwise. God is the smartest uh, beyond anything. He created us. So let's just stop right there. So God is a God who wants you to be understanding. He wants you to know. He wants you to walk in a truth. But he says the world's wisdom, he'll destroy that. Because... It comes out of our own boasting and our own pride. He said, so where does this leave? I love how the Bible is so easy. It just flows like we we speak today. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It's foolish to the Jews of the time he was writing to them who ask for signs from heaven. It is foolish to the Greeks, that would be those who weren't Jewish, who seek human wisdom. So we preach, in the most simple manner, we preach Christ crucified. And folks get offended, and they say it's nonsense. But to those God who are called by God to salvation, that means those of you that are Christians here today, and those of you that are searching truth. You're searching wisdom. You are searching for God. You would not have come in here today if you were not searching for truth. You are not searching for the reality. You were looking beyond fake news. You want truth. You want the real news. Well, let me tell you, the real news is the good news. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, but to those called by God to salvation, both the Jews and Gentiles. That means everyone. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful Or wealthy when God called you. I want you to take a moment. If you're a Christian. Look back where you were. When you said Jesus. I give you my all. And those of you that are here today. That don't know him. Look where you are right now. You need him. And the world will say many things about you. The world will tell you to kill yourself. The world will tell you to find love in different places. The world will tell you so many things. All because it's trying to pull you away from the real truth. They're not going to air this on television. They're not going to air this anywhere else. Because they themselves don't fully understand it. A lot of talking heads on TV, right? And they just babble on and on. You got to get to the point where you just turn it off. But I could listen to, you know, you can set your Bible to talk. I could listen to that all day. It says, instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish. That's you and me. In order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose these things, despised by the world, things counted as nothing, And use them to bring nothing to the world. As a result, none of us can boast in the presence of God. None of us can look God in the face and dare say, I know better than you. That would just be foolishness. Sometimes when parents, you know how you get to that certain age, you think you all that in a bag of chips. And your mom and dad tell you something and you're just like, you know what? I did that one time. Now, let me tell you, I'm a little older. And so uh, today, if my mom would have done that, she might end up in jail. But I remember when I was a teenager, and my mom, you know, I was 17. I thought, you ain't going to talk to me like that. I'm a grown adult. Anybody else ever been there? Okay, I see so. She was in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen, in the doorway. She said something. Uh, She might be streaming this, so I don't want to bring it to her remembrance. I said something that was very smart. All I remember when I opened my eyes is I was on the floor of the dining room. Filled with tears and the fear of my mama. And she was over me, boy, you better go to your room. I went to my room and I really wasn't a Christian but let me tell you, I was praying. God, take it out of her memory. Don't let me die tonight. (laughs) Anybody else ever been there? Yeah, right? I learned then and there I don't boast in the presence of my mama no more. Because she has the power to whoop my behind, even at 17. The funny thing is, and it's not even funny, some of us tend to boast before God and think we know what's best. And you're thinking, I would never do that. Yes, you do. If you're here today and you don't know him, you're boasting in the presence of God because you're telling him, I don't need you. I have it all worked out. I got a good career. I have a good job. I married the most beautiful person in the world. You start listing your achievements as if God's going to be like, what? Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know. Because God could easily retort back to you and say, who do you think gave you that knowledge to finish school? Who do you think opened the door for you? Who do you think created that most beautiful spouse? We have to be careful. And he says, there's nothing in this world or in us that gives us the right to boast before God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him, Jesus, to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Boast only about Christ. I could stand here and tell you, it doesn't matter anything I've done in my life, that you might think is an achievement, apart from me accepting Jesus Christ, all of that stuff is trash. And I don't say that for dramatic effect. It is trash. The greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life is the day I said, I don't know anything, but I know this one thing. I need Jesus Christ. And since then... Yeah, give him a clap. And since that time until now, I have seen God do so many things. I can only boast and say that God could do it. Restored relationships when they were broken. Got me to a place where he has provided and taken care of me got me to a place where he's changed desires, things that I wanted, and I would risk everything to get them, God has showed me that it is worth nothing. Only in him. And if you're here tonight, and you don't have that assurance, the greatest assurance is, I don't fear death. When I die, I know I'm going to see Jesus face to face. Face to face. I'm going to be able to see him. I'm going to be able to say thank you. I don't even know what I'm going to be able to do. I just know I'm going to be really excited beyond anything ever I could possibly imagine. So I don't fear death. Now I'm not saying I want to get hit by a bus tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not saying this is it. I'm ready to go. You know, I have some things in life I'd like to do. But if he chooses for me to come home tomorrow... Don't cry for me. Let Greg and Elder Vicki have a phenomenal funeral. I want you shouting. Just roll the casket out of the way and you have a good old time. Don't mourn me because I'm in heaven chilling. I'm having a great time. I don't have to worry about my weight no more. I don't have to worry about my bills no more. I don't have to worry about people pressuring me to get married no more. That's on you. I'm in heaven. But I have that assurance because I know where true wisdom is found. In Christ Jesus. I want you to stand with me. One of the greatest things we have here on Sunday night is you get to hear from, this is a large church, and I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful that we're able to be here in Times Square, and I'm thankful that we have so many people from around the world who are able to come in, and the one thing we have in common, we look different, we speak different, we're different ages, different backgrounds, but none of that matters. It's what makes us an amazing church. But what makes us an awesome church is that we're here for one common reason. We know what Jesus did in our lives. And we've gathered together to worship him. We've gathered together to praise his name. We've gathered together to sing songs about Jesus. We come together so that people can come and they can tell their story of what Jesus has done in their life. And everybody here has that story. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. Your story is really, really Missing the most important piece You may think that you had a great life up to this point Maybe you were born into a well-known family Maybe you were born into material wealth Maybe you were born into this and that But if it does not truly begin With you, you surrendering your life, your heart, your mind Folks, you can't just know about Jesus up here You gotta know about Jesus in here When you begin there, your journey, you wanna go on a roller coaster? You get on board the Jesus coaster. He'll take you places you've never expected in your entire life. How many of you can say you never thought you'd be where you are today apart from what Jesus has done? That's a testimony. So as we begin to play, I wanna take a moment. This is a decision moment. You have a choice. You had a choice to come here tonight. You have a choice of who you sit next to. Maybe not if the ushers made you sit there. You have a choice of who you married. You have a choice of where you go. In this culture at least. I know other countries don't always give those choices. But here we have that. But the most important choice is where you are going to put your trust Folks, it can't be a politician. It can't be a celebrity. It can't be a job. It can't be a relationship. Where are you going to choose to get your wisdom from? The Bible? Or all these news magazines? All of, all of the cable television? Your friends? Where are you going to get the truth? Where are you going to start the journey and start living Life! Life! Living it abundantly, as the Bible says. Abundantly, not talking about money. We're not talking about a career. Those things are great. And I thank God for them. But life, real life. Where are you going to begin this journey? And if you leave here today, and you choose to let this opportunity pass you by, You don't know what tomorrow brings. What if it's the last time you had the opportunity? I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. I want everybody here. Sometimes you got to do a life assessment. Where are you? Where are you with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Do you know him? Does he know you? He may know who you are, but do you have a relationship with him? If you can't answer that question with a resounding yes, life is in trouble for you. And all I want to do is give you the opportunity to say yes. Yes, Jesus, I want to start life. Yes, I want to live life. Yes, I want you to be my source of wisdom, my source of strength, my source of joy. I want you to get the things in my life right. I want my relationship. I want everything to be filtered through you. Now, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to make a brave step. You take a moment with your eyes closed. I want you to just assess your own life. And if you can't say yes, if there's a wavering in your spirit, if there's a wavering in your answer, I want, you to be, I want you to be bold. If you need to say yes to Jesus, it's time for you to make the most important choice of your life. Don't think for one moment, I'll do it tomorrow. Folks, the Bible says don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. I want to take a moment. If you're praying, keep praying. Some of you are crying, and it's okay. Let me tell you, it's an emotional thing. But if this is your first time coming down here, or maybe you've gone back and forth and back and forth with the Lord, He loves you. You have to know that. Jesus loves you. And when He died on the cross, it wasn't for everybody around you it was for you he died for you because he wants you to have the true wisdom of God he wants you to have that relationship with God he wants you to know him he wants your life to begin with him today and you don't ever have to look back now there may be some rocky roads I'm not going to say it's going to be the easiest thing in the world. But let me tell you, I'd rather take a rocky road with Jesus in charge than continuing on my own. So I'm going to pray for you. Let's all just bow our heads. Just as a, the, Bowing your head is just simple, a reverence, and it gets rid of the distractions around you. But I want to pray for you. You keep talking to him. He's listening. He can listen to every single person at the same time. And give you his undivided attention. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for giving all of us the opportunity to come to know you. But especially thank you for these men and women who've been so bold today. To come down here and say, I want real news. I want the good news. I want to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to take control of my life. And so God, collectively, take control of their lives. Take control of their mind. Take control of their heart, oh God. Begin to speak to them now. And when they leave here and tomorrow and every day thereafter, speak to them. Maybe they've tried to open your, your Bible before and, and they didn't understand it. I pray that they would give it that try once more and you would speak to them. Speak to them through your Bible. Speak to them, God. Let them read your Proverbs. Let them read the letters from Paul. Let them read about the historical things in the Old Testament and let it begin to speak to them and show them your love and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness And your kindness in the areas of their lives, oh God, where they know they aren't right. Lord, give them the strength to make it right. Give them the strength, oh God. Any addictions that they have, anything they've placed before you, oh God, free them. Deliver them. Set them free, just as you have many of us here tonight. These are our brothers and sisters, your children, oh God and I thank you for them I thank you for their lives oh God I thank you Jesus for their lives I thank you oh God that they made the choice tonight to say yes to Jesus and you don't lie you don't fail you're not going to drop them by the wayside you're going to be right there with them guiding them Give us the strength as a church here in Times Square to also stand with them, to guide them, and to be with them. We thank you for that. And can we say amen if we agree to that? Amen.